If you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control, it's likely because you're looking to find the best way to spend your free time. You don't want to settle for the average podcast. So why should you settle for the average financial advisor? Betterment is an online financial advisor for people who refuse to settle for average. They're going to use cutting-edge tech to build a personalized portfolio and help you make more from your investments. Betterment, outsmart average. Sign up today at Betterment.com slash quality to get one year managed free. Note that investing involves risk. My guest today is news writer Austin Goslin. My name is Charlie Hall. And today we're talking about Call of Duty Black Ops 4 Blackout. You're listening to Polygons. Quality Control. stopping by today austin i know it's a very busy time of the year for everybody yeah for sure thanks for having me no big deal um today we're specifically talking about one mode (laughs) one mode within one game call of duty black ops 4 blackout mode which is well it's the new battle royale the first time that the call of duty franchise has had a battle royale game mode and this is you know i think the most important place to start is by saying that this is absolutely 100% not PUBG and it's not Fortnite either. What what is this g- game mode, Austin? Yeah, it's definitely its own thing, which is kind of surprising because on its surface it kind of does look like PUBG. Um it's obviously doesn't have the building from Fortnite, but it's a sort of a faster-paced military style battle royale game you know however many people drop onto the map i think in solo it's 88 and you fight to be the last person standing and the game opens up instead of with a long leisurely kind of parachute or glider sequence you just plummet onto the map from a pretty low altitude you've got a wingsuit you can fly wherever you want to go you can start literally anywhere on this map regardless of where that line of of heavy lift choppers is coming in and once you hit the ground it's like bang zoom you go you hit you start grabbing loot you are armed very quickly and you are you're playing call of duty yeah, I think that's kind of an interesting point that you make about the fact that you can go anywhere. Because sometimes in other Battle Royale games, it is more limited by like where the plane comes in and stuff like that. Well, it becomes like a geometry problem, right? Like there's here's the line of where the plane's coming in, and we're all going towards this circle, and let's try and find out where the competition's going to be moving, and what are the avenues of advance. Nah, it's just a scrum in this game. Yeah, you can just go wherever. I played a few games in a row where I was just like, all right, no matter what's happening, I'm going to land at this one place, and I'm just going to go from there. And you can do that. But it also allows you to kind of learn those parts of the map Mm -hmm. rather than kind of reacting to the environment that you find yourself in. And I wrote a story about this last week. I think in a way, this abandons the survival tropes and the the roots that the Battle Royale genre has in in survival games. It's, It's very much just a kind of a locally sourced deathmatch mode. Yeah, I think that's true, especially in the way that the loot comes out in the game, which is so fast. In in something like PUBG, you could play for 
quite a while and never end up with like say a rifle or something like that <laughs> yeah in blackout like you're gonna get the type of gun you want pretty quick like you're bound to get it because there's just loot everywhere yeah the other big change uh from other <laughs> games in the battle royale space is well gosh austin this thing launched and it was fully functional on day one <laughs> It's yeah, that's true. It's it's a little sad that I have to like you have to make that distinction, but yeah, it works really well. It runs really smoothly. It I mean that's sort of always been Call of Duty's thing, right? Is that it functions really well and it's really solid and Blackout is not an exception to that, which is kind of surprising. But it's got all the bells and whistles as well. Have you played with the replay feature? Their theater mode, I think they call it. I have, and it is incredibly detailed. You can actually go through and look at any player's perspective in the match that you just played. It's not this, you know, within a kilometer or 100 meters or whatever that that PUBG has. Um, I haven't played with Fortnite's replay feature at all, but it it gives you free camera. It gives you third-person camera. It gives you first-person camera of anybody that you want to look at in the match that you just played. And it it automatically saves it, too, and you can bookmark it. It's, It's really well thought out. I'm also, I'm kind of excited to see what people in the community are going to do with it, because you can also edit lighting, you can keyframe stuff, you can use fixed camera positions. It's really detailed. But, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of gushing out of the gate here, and, and mainly a lot of that comes from just how many reps were able to get in, right? It's it's such a fast game, it gets you in and out and, and back on your way so quickly, but, I mean, it's it's not perfect right we're not coming out and saying like this is the pinnacle of br games far from it and and i've got a few issues that i take with how they've gone about building the thing and one of them kind of is is the weapon design we were talking about this before the show started um there are so many weapons in fact pick a weapon up turn your back on the spot where it spawned look again there's another weapon there there's so many weapons but i I don't know what these things are when I pick them up, Austin. I I feel like yeah. I grab whatever weapon's on the floor. It looks like a gun thing, kind of like a mishmash of other weapons, kind of painted futuristically, mashed together. All the bits on it jiggle really well. I turn a corner and like it just it spits confetti. I don't know what it's gonna do. What what is wrong with these weapons? Yeah, I think. Uh... I think part of that is just the fact that they're not exactly real weapons. Like, some of them have analogs to to real-world things you might be used to. But otherwise, if you haven't sort of been keeping up with, like, the Black Ops franchise or haven't played the multiplayer at all, you're really just kind of getting a grab bag when you jump into Blackout. And there's just not a great way to tell what's what. I'm looking at one in particular here. It's the GKS, right? It's like, it's kind of the best submachine gun. But if you look at the thing, it's got like an extended magazine from a 9mm. It's got the receiver from like an M4 platform. But then the top rail looks like a modified AK, but then it's got a really short barrel and this kind of scar kind of stock on it. I don't know what it is when I see that in the wild, I guess. It's a submachine gun. And, and it's yeah, one of the it's, better ones. It's almost like they just took the the visual language of, of something you would look at and recognize, oh, that's a gun. And they were just like, all right, throw each piece in from that. Like like they used them like building blocks almost. Now you have been playing a lot more of the modes in the game than I have. Does some of that kind of institutional knowledge 
of what these guns are come from experiencing the other mode, the single player, the multiplayer modes? Yeah, I definitely think playing the traditional competitive sort of standard player versus player modes has helped a lot for me. Uh, just because you're unlocking the guns a little bit more slowly, so you have a little bit more time to acclimate to them. You can use them for a whole match, and that helps out a lot in knowing not only like how they're going to fire and the details of how to use them, but more importantly, just what they're going to do. Like If you pull the trigger, is it going to shoot a three-round burst? Is it going to be automatic? Is it going to be semi-automatic? Just knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, coming from a PUBG and from an Arma background as I do, I was I was digging through the menus looking for the fire selector switch. I'm like, well, how do I get this into a semi-automatic mode? And like, there's no way to do that. Nope. <laughs> These guns. <laughs> These guns do what they do. Yeah. Um, now, it's not just guns that there's so much of in this game. There's there's a lot of armor pieces uh, flying around. They come in armor sets. Uh, but then there's also these little, like, stunt uh, items that you pick up. One of them that I played with was the RC car. Another one was the grappling hook. What's been mm-hmm. your experience with some of these equipment items? Uh, I think the equipment... So this is also a thing that comes in from the other modes. Uh, they're kind of... Each specialist in the game has their own sort of thing that they can do. Like one has a grappling hook. Some have the grenades that blow up into other grenades. I think they're called like cluster bombs or something like that. Cluster grenades. They're yeah. excellent. You want to clear a room? Holy cow. Absolutely. Get cluster grenade. Uh, so yeah, those kind of make their way into blackout as just equipment that you can pick up. And I think they're really exciting. Um, I think fighting in some of the like towns and cities around the, the map with the grappling hook is super exciting. Because if you hear somebody grappling behind you, suddenly there's like six different places they could be. And that's a really different experience from something like uh, other Battle Royale games that may take things a little bit slower. The sound design is something that I want to return to, but a few of the other uh, gear items that you can pick up, they also include perks. Have you played much with the different perks that there are? Yeah, I have used the perks. I don't know what your experience has been with them, but I'm not a huge fan. I think some of them are okay. There's the one that makes you take less damage from explosions. There's things like hold your breath longer. That's iron lung, yeah. The one that I I love the best is dead silence. Uh, And that's move quietly, make less noise when you're opening stuff. And it lasts like a good long time. I think it's like 240 seconds, something like that. But again, that that loops back into the sound design of this game. You can hear everyone nearby you. And you can hear them with such great acuity that you know how to turn and face and locate them it's it it has this effect of drawing everyone much closer together i i do like that yeah that dead silence perk though is is a great way to kind of short circuit that and i i, I kind of have a problem with that though honestly <laughs> i uh because sound design is so important in games like this where somebody could sneak up behind you and just kill you quickly or fairly quickly Uh, I don't know that I like that there's a way to circumvent that completely. All right. The other thing is, I don't know how much you've played around, especially like the construction site area, sort of that northwest corner of the map. I've been there a little bit, yeah. The sound design is really good directionally, like in 360 degrees. Yeah. But it's incredibly difficult to determine what level somebody's on. Oh, If they're above or below you. Okay. And I know that's an issue that a lot of Battle Royale games have have run into and have just started to recently fix. So it's something I'm curious to see if they're going to, if Treyarch is going to like take a look at that and they're going to try to change anything like that in the future. 
Well, one thing that you'll want to look into is that Dolby Atmos. Have you played with the, the Atmos encoding? I have not, no. It's it's supposed to do some of that work. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it, it projects this, instead of a um, kind of a horizontal 360, it gives you a true spherical 360, mm. and it's available on the Xbox and Windows. Okay. You just have to subscribe to it. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I really hope that that doesn't help then. That would be <laughs> questionable. Lots more to talk about when it comes to Blackout Austin, but first, another message from one of this week's sponsors. There are job sites that send you tons of the wrong resumes and then make you sort through them. That's not smart. You know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash control to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and then it actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. That rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a 1,000 reviews. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash control is where you want to go. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash control. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. One thing that folks who've played a lot of Battle Royale games might not catch on to when they when they drop into Call of Duty Black Ops 4's blackout mode uh, is kind of how zombies play a role in this game. I was I was surprised when I first jumped into the uh, the beta about these towers of light. Austin, explain to me what these towers of light are for. Yeah, so in previous Call of Duty games, in the zombie modes, those Towers of Light, they're blue lights that go up into the sky, they show where the mystery box is on the map. And the mystery box is going to be filled with, like, what? What's in there usually? So in the original zombies modes, you could spend some of the points you've earned to get a random weapon, which isn't exactly how they work in Blackout, but it's pretty close. Okay. But when you when you land in these areas... Well, there's enemies there. There's there's actual zombies running around these pillars of light. And so you'll get small groups of players that kind of have to stop fighting amongst themselves and deal with the zombie threat as this timer ticks down, this invisible timer, and these boxes kind of open up and, and then they all rush to the box. Yeah, it's kind of like a supply drop in other Battle Royale games, except it starts on the map. Um, and it really does create kind of a cool interaction when you're fighting somebody and they're fighting you and zombies at the same time. It's, it's weird and it's not really like anything else. There's one spot in particular, this kind of haunted mansion. It's like two or three stories. Maybe it's an old asylum. There's Mm -hmm. a central courtyard. I love landing there. Again, because of how elaborate the sound design is. It's a creepy space. All kinds of hooting and hollering going on. Usually there's zombies there. And then other players just lurking in the shadows. It's a very challenging place to start. Yeah, it's incredible how quickly uh, games, especially at that asylum, can go from everything's okay to suddenly you're fighting five or six different things all at the same time. And of course, there's the symbol monkey grenade, which Mm -hmm. is a pickup in the game. You can throw that out towards your enemy and it will spawn zombies nearby them, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, I think that that asylum is also a really good example of one of the cooler parts of Blackout, because that is, um, I think it was from the original World at War zombies mode. It's actually a zombies map that they have sort of transplanted into this mode which is also what most of the cities and like locate named locations are on the map 
Absolutely. And that's, I think when, when they first announced this mode, that's where people started to kind of get a little concerned. They're like, all right, we're going to make it huge. It's going to be 1500 times bigger than Nuketown, right? It's going to be massive, but you know, we're, we're basically going to slap together all the best Call of Duty levels together and we'll kind of arrange them and you'll, there'll be familiar places. A lot of folks, I think were concerned that it wasn't going to feel cohesive, but I think it I think it absolutely works as a total fluid map. Transitioning between locations feels good, uh, feels challenging. Um, and, the, and the maps themselves do verge on the familiar. Yeah, I think that was a big concern that I had was that it was going to feel like each of these locations uh, was interesting and fine on its own. But walking between them might be boring or it would just feel like they came out of nowhere and didn't really fit the map. And I definitely agree. I don't think that happened. I think that they did enough to change those maps that they're not exactly what you remember, but they are familiar. And more importantly, they just make for a really exciting place to have fights rather than just like the sort of drab buildings. They're they're very specifically designed locations, which I think is a lot of fun. Now, of course, the game has the modes that are going to be familiar to other folks who've played Battle Royale before. There's a solo mode, a duo mode, and also a four-person squad mode, or up to four Mm -hmm. people. You've been spending your time mostly in squads and solo? Yeah, pretty much. I've been playing exclusively solo. When the beta was out, though, we did play some squads. You and I and Jeff Mm -hmm. played uh, some three-man squad stuff. I think that the game changes dramatically when you're playing with a squad. Has that been your experience? Yeah, for sure. Squads has a way of sort of shrinking everything and making, you know, thinking about other people and what they're going to need and what they're, you can do to help them uh, is definitely a big change from the solo mode. When you're playing squads in Blackout, I feel like the instinct is to, or at least my instinct is to, to spend a lot of time looting, to get the perfect perfect outfit for everybody in the squad. Everybody needs a backpack. Everybody needs tier three armor, a good long gun, a good room clearing, short range weapon. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that that's necessary. The more that I've played it, you can have distinct roles within your squad and that almost makes you more powerful and gets you going faster. Has that been your experience? Yeah, I definitely think, I think part of that is that, so we were talking about how you could really land anywhere you wanted in the early game. And I think that makes you think that the map is a little bit smaller than it is, but it's a big map and you have to spend time getting to places. So I don't think, especially in squads, it's too helpful to spend all your time looting. The game doesn't have too many things that are really essential. Like you're saying, everybody needs at least one good weapon that they're comfortable with and maybe some armor and some meds, but that's about it, really. You don't need to spend time making sure that everything is is ideal, at least from what I've played. Yeah, it's it's just, it's been such a wonderful experience to, to have this Battle Royale mode, to have it be working, to have all these different aspects of it to explore, these different weapons to learn. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to get into some more of it today. Is that, is that going to be your plan today as well? Yeah, definitely. I, I keep feeling like there's there's more I can do with it. There's more I can experience with it. And I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. Here's the thing, though. Do you think it's pulling people out of the other modes? So I guess what I'm asking is, what do you think the the additive effect is for the franchise? Is it is it diluting the brand or is it widening the audience? 
I think that's a really good question. Uh, and it's one thing that I was thinking about a little yesterday when I was playing, I was actually playing the zombies mode and it almost does feel like three completely distinct games with the same mechanics. And I don't know if that's taking away from other things or not. You know, I don't know if me spending time in blackout means that it definitely means I'm not playing the multiplayer, obviously, but is that the case for other people? Probably, I guess. I don't know if I kind of feel like that might be a good thing, though. It's it, this is definitely getting way into the meta and the inside baseball kind of stuff, but I feel that everybody's doing this kind of review in progress strategy with this game, right? Because it, mm-hmm. it it's a it's a multiplayer only game. To properly evaluate that, it needs a community of people playing it. It needs servers to be live, and I think that the fastest um, mode to grok right now is this blackout mode. It is going to take people a much longer period of time to experience and evaluate and really, you know, dig into the zombies mode and the traditional multiplayer mode. And I'm just, I'm curious how that battle royale first is going to impact the community that comes to the game because the stories, the coverage, the experience seems to be being led by Blackout, which was kind of this tertiary mode. I'm curious to see how the the coverage and the the the, the analysis for the other two modes kind of begins to build from here. It's it's something we're going to be covering to be sure for the next couple of weeks and and months into the new year, and I'm 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 happier for it honestly. Yeah, I think that it's funny how. Uh, obviously, like, I don't know how exactly the the blackout mode came to be, but it is funny to see how it's sort of taken center stage, I feel like, in, in Black Ops 4, right? It's the center mode in your three mode select things, and it really does feel like it's the thing that, when the game came out, sort of instantly captured everybody's attention. And that might just be, you know, that the BR moment that started sometime last year is still going. Austin, before the show started, you'd been telling me you had some some qualms with the with the inventory system, and I don't know, it was a little awkward to me. But tell me more about your experience with this thing. Yeah, I think inventory is in most BR games one of the sort of the hardest things to get right, but also the most important things. You've got to really be able to feel like you can grab everything you need very quickly because obviously every time for every moment you're standing still in a battle royale game somebody can come up behind you and Mm -hmm. kill you right and one thing that i don't think this inventory system does particularly well is sort of outline all of the items quickly Uh, everything has its own sort of assigned slot when you say if you're looting somebody that you've just killed everything sort of has its assigned slot but it's still a small icons, not a lot of names. It's stuff that it really takes a long time to figure out what's what and what you need. And occasionally there are just things like if you move a little bit too far away from it, the menu just goes away without any warning. Stuff like that is is tough to deal with, I think, and makes it a little a little awkward. There's definitely been an evolution. During the beta, one of the observances that I made was that, well, you can't really see what that item is as you run up on it, right? Um, the, like, the, for instance, the armor kind of looks mm-hmm. like ready-to-wear shirts that you might find kind of in a plastic bag at Target, right? Yeah. 
Now, though, as you come up to these items, there's a little, there's like a secondary graphic that floats above them. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm. There's like yeah. this, this weird ghost graphic that appears. So you kind of, you have a better idea as you approach them. So I think that's evidence of them kind of evaluating items and inventory as they go. One thing that's nice, weapon attachments snap right on. If you have a gun that accepts that attachment and you pick up the attachment and there's an open slot, it puts it right in your gun. And I think that is really good. Oh yeah. So if you say you've got two guns in your inventory, a long, a shorter range gun and a, and a long gun, you switch to the gun that you want to put that mod on, you pick the mod up, bang, zoom, you're off and running. Where it gets a little more tedious is after you kill somebody, you got to open up their weird duffel bag. There's a loud zipper noise, and now everybody knows that you're looting around in someone's pockets. And you got to sit there with this weird, like, bar along the top of the screen. And to me, it's not actually clear enough what is the player's inventory that you've killed and what is your own inventory and how to mitigate between the two. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that whole system just needs some cleaning up. Like, I get that... So the first thing that shows up on the, the enemy player's inventory is their armor, and at the end of the list is going to be their ammo, and in between is sort of guns and equipment and all that stuff. But if they don't have one of those things, it just becomes much harder to navigate, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And have you... So we were talking about how mods get automatically attached to weapons. Yep. Have you tried to switch weapons when you had mods on the weapon you're currently carrying? No. No. Oh, God, that can no. be... It's kind of a nightmare. I could imagine. So because they're all automatically equipped, everything's going on your gun and it's not taking up an inventory space. So for the most part, you just have to drop onto the ground all of the mods on the gun you currently have. One by one? Switch to the one? new gun and then pick them up on the ground. Yeah, one oh, by one. Oh no, no thank you. And there's, and there's a button that'll make you drop all the mods and the gun, but then they're all in a pile <laughs> and it's hard to pick out which one you want. Oh, weird. But I, I do agree that based on the changes they've made since the beta, it seems like those are things that are, are probably going to be on the list of changes that they want to make to the game fairly soon. Absolutely. Another part that I wanted to be sure that we talked about, and I haven't I haven't had a chance to experience it yet myself uh, because I've been mostly playing solo and I'm relearning Call of Duty in general, but that's the <laughs> end game, Austin. Tell me about how the end game, that final circle, differs between Blackout and, say, PUBG and, and Fortnite. Yeah, so it's got some similarity in that you're going to have a sort of final zone where there's no safe spot to be. It's just going to close in on a center point. And eventually, if you're just standing out in the, I'm still going to call it the blue zone, the storm. I don't know. It's kind of a mixture of those two things. But you're just going to have to heal yourself. But by and large, those, from what I've played, are tend to be more aggressive than something like PUBG. Absolutely. Where people tend to be a little more stationary, a little bit more scared of fighting. Mm -hmm. In Blackout, from what I've seen, people, people want to go for that win. They're aggressive about it. Uh, and that makes it exciting. One really interesting end game that I witnessed, um, because I, from the beta, of course, uh, I was watching this last two or three players duke it out, and one of the one of the folks that was playing busted out the RC car, and he's just driving the little RC car all around the final circle, and he knew where everybody was thanks to that little scout vehicle that he had that kind of stuff and then there's the uh the sensor dart as well Ooh, tell me about that thing so you shoot it's a little dart that you shoot and it can stick to a wall and it gives like a little radar ping every few seconds and it shows you where people are 
that kind of stuff is really interesting because it gives you a lot more information at least than I've been used to working with in a game like this. Mm. It's kind of cool, and it, it really does sort of reward that aggressive play. Austin, I really want to thank you for taking the time. I know it's a terribly busy time of the year, but I also want to thank you at home for listening today as well. We've been doing... Uh, Polygon's quality control for a number of years now. We're up in closing in on, I think, our 160th episode, something like that. And we've actually recently crossed over 2.5 million total listens over the years. And that's something that we're really proud of and wouldn't have that many uh, listens without all of you at home. So thank you for taking the time and, and for being fans of Polygon's quality control. But man, there's a lot of new games flying around right now. Uh, and you're going to be able to read about all of them over on Polygon.com. You're going to uh, be able to see some things about Starlink, Battle for Atlas. That's a new game from Ubisoft. We're also expecting to have something on Thronebreaker, which is the latest game from CD Projekt Red based on Gwent, that little in-game card game. It's a completely standalone, isometric role-playing experience, and we should have some more information about that up on the website soon. Also, Austin, I don't know if you've heard this little game called Red Dead Redemption 2 that all the kids are talking about? Yeah, I think I might have heard about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we're definitely gearing up for a lot of coverage. It's going to be a fun holiday season, so buckle up, kids. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Austin Goslin. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Quality Control. You know, Dave Tack and I go to a lot of effort to put this show together for you every week, as do a lot of the other folks here at Vox Media. We've got our Netflix show, of course, called Vox Media's Explained. We've got a PBS program called No Passport Required that I highly recommend. But we're also launching a few new podcasts this year. And one of them is called Future Perfect. Here's Dylan Matthews to tell you more. The news today seems really grim, and it sometimes focuses more on problems than on solutions. I'm Dylan Matthews, the host of Future Perfect, a show about possible solutions. Solutions that are a little weird and a little wild, but worth considering. What will people say if I treat this person who murdered someone's loved one kindly? Simply tell the border patrol to take the day off. Tell them to take the year off. Listen to Future Perfect every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.